Hey, Nerd Talk Nation, this is your host, Jordan Halstead, and today we are starting our October run with some creepy and kooky different characters and genre. We are so excited for Halloween season, and we thought, you know, what's the best way to, to handle October? Last year, we talked about uh, Harry Potter, and each week we gave you guys uh, different perspectives from the books and the movies and had multiple guests. Well, this year we thought we would have some fun with some monsters. And so this week we're going to be talking about a very fun film, a very old film, uh, Ghostbusters. So, oh no, I'm going to get crap for that one. All right, Alicia and Mike are here with me. I'm so excited for you guys to be here. I already got the side eye on that one from Alicia. So, well, you said it was really old and I'm like, it's literally one year older than I am. So does that make me old? No, no, it, it came out in because, it's, because it's older than you. It can be really old and mm. you can just not be really old ever. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. You're going to, yeah, you're going to be working through that one for a while. Oh boy. Micah, thank you so much for being here. So will you take a second to recover from that? Jordan, it's always <laughs> good to be here. It's always good to be your co-host. It's always good to be on Nerd Talk. Um, on our way home today, Alicia had this great idea. And you know, for the last couple of uh, months, Alicia's been on sporadically to, to cover a couple of episodes <laughs> with us. And you asked her in one episode, I don't remember what the topic was, but you were like, Micah, you're my co-host. Alicia, what do you want us to call you? And Alicia's like, I have no idea. And I don't really like titles and you know all these things. So uh, Alicia came up with this really cool idea. If you ever want to change the name of Nerd Talk with Jordan Halstead, we should change it to Nerd Jam. So not only do you get Nerd, Jordan, and Micah, but when Alicia comes on and is a part of our episodes, it's Jordan, Alicia, Nerd, Micah. Jordan, Alicia, Micah. So I thought that that was brilliant. <laughs> not that That's we're doing cool. like a not we're not like we're doing a rebrand anytime soon or anything, but like for future reference, if we wanted to change the the name of the podcast or or whatever, there are options. There are options out there. There are options. I like it. <laughs> And but, then all the all the the clothing that I've made over the like what past two years, all our shirts, they can be retro. Like that can be exactly. like exactly. Yep. But who are you gonna call? That's what I'm saying. Mm. So so with with that being said, did you guys grow up watching this film? Was this one of those films that was kind of a staple in your home? It wasn't a staple for me. I mean, I remember watching it. Mike and I were talking about this lady. We actually rewatched it last night because I do not even know the last time. I watched that movie. Um, I didn't grow up watching it. It was like, if it was on, we might, might choose to watch it depending on what else was on. Um, not one that I've seen multiple times. Like I have a lot of the films that I grew up on, but um, yeah, not a staple in our household. I think for me, Lincoln? yeah, I, it wasn't a staple in ours. I mean, I would catch it on TV here and that, you know, here and there. And actually, you know, Alicia and I were talking about it on the way home, and it was like, you know, both when we watched it and on the way home today before we recorded this episode, you know, Jordan, I know that the movie, we talked in recent episodes over the last couple of months about how the movie industry has changed, the theaters have changed, but in the 80s, movies were huge. In the 90s, the movies were huge, and this movie came out in 1984. And so, um, one of the questions I posed to Alicia when we were, you know, driving home before we jumped on the call with you was, you know, and maybe you know the answer to this. I don't. Um, the only answer that I came up with to the question, which I'm going to ask in a second, was it's the cast. But my question is, what made Ghostbusters stand out in a, in a, in a series of movies in a time period of movies that were just so 
dominant in the box office, whether it was Back to the Future or Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off or The Breakfast Club or Sixteen Candles or you know any of those '80s pop culture phenomenon movies. What what was it that made Ghostbusters so popular? Do you know that answer? I would say the cast, but that was that. I felt like that was the easy answer. I think I think it's it's a combination of two things. I think you've got the cast, but you also took a very unique take on ghosts mm-hmm. and like that scary film, but you made it where it was more like of a comedy. And let's be honest, the eighties were nothing but comedies. Like there were a lot of great action adventures, but there was there was that moment where comedies really started to grow there. If you look at older films, they were not as as widely accepted if they were a comedy. Up until like the 80s. The 80s were where comedies really started to grow and thrive. There's mm. not, I mean, you have things like Blazing Saddles, um, which is not something I would promote, seeing as it offends not just one person or one set of group of people, but it offends everybody um, multiple times throughout that film. But you go in and you see this film and it's like, you know, it's really not an offensive film. Um I will say this, though, there is a moment in that film that is not subject for younger eyes. Mm, um, yeah. <laughs> and for someone like me. A couple of who, them. <laughs> yes, there, there were. Um, it's, it's really funny. And I'm, I'm ironically, this really movie quick. was rated PG. Right. Yes. Yes. But Rain what's, just what's is completely so funny, different. What's so funny is we, we talk about this being a kind of film that you watch before you're 21. Like, this is a film that you should definitely watch while you're younger. Like, like make the time to watch certain films. And, like, when I was in college, I, I put a list together and I threw that on there. At 28, I don't know that I would throw this one on there in that same regard. I think it would be, hey, by 25, definitely check that out. But I don't know that I would want a, a high schooler watching this because there's, there's a literal scene that I'm like, that's more of an adult-centered mm-hmm. view. Like, you, you should not, like, children should not be watching that. Um, and I think that's why my parents got away with letting us watch it because because it was always when it was on TV and they yeah. cut that stuff out. They did that with the Breakfast Club too. Like when I was a kid, uh-huh. I loved watching the Breakfast mm-hmm. Club. I watch we watch it now. We've mentioned that before, but like the whole idea of you know when they put it on TV, they cut a lot of that inappropriate stuff out. Oh the yeah, cursing mm-hmm. the the bad the sexual scenes, whatever it was, they cut it out so that you could watch. like another movie I really like is the Shawshank Redemption. There's a lot of profanity in that, and there's a lot of uh, suggestive material, and it's rated mm-hmm. R. But when I first saw that as a kid, I watched it on TV, so I never knew all that stuff happened. Yep. And, you know, when you watch it older, it's almost like our generation was traumatized later on in life when we go back and rewatch some of these movies because it's like. Uh, it's a completely uh, different thing than yeah, what we remember. It is. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire. can change the whole thing. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Doubtfire. Um, was one of my favorites as a kid too. <laughs> and there's a lot of fun. like, um, you know, inappropriate things, um, that they, that they say, um, you know, especially, you know, Robin Williams, you know, in particular to, you know, his wife or, um, you know, ex-wife have, you know, to figure through the divorce and whatnot, but like, there's a lot of, um, you know, suggestive material in there that if you're not paying attention and you, Jordan, you and I've talked about this, like, with the Star Wars stuff, like with the with the animated series, it's very political and it's very um, it's adult oriented. However, a kid's going to love it because they're swinging lightsabers and there's fighting and there's action and there's all this good stuff. But there's a deeper story there. So, like, I think the same goes, you know, for for movies like Ghostbusters and mm-hmm. The Breakfast Club and other other films that we've we've talked about because there's a deeper story going on. The the one that really opened my eyes to that that 
concept was Full House. I mm. watched Full House from the kids' perspective, and I thought Uncle Jesse was cool. I rewatched it when Fuller House dropped on Netflix as they were preparing for that. Like Full House went on sale for on iTunes for like all eight seasons, like 25, 30 bucks, something like that. And so I bought the complete series and I started watching them and I started to realize how deep some of those stories actually were. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this is, this was prime time. Like even boy meets world, you go back and rewatch that versus what you were watching as a kid. It's, it's pretty deep. Like some of this stuff, it was written so well that the kids connected with kids, but you could write stuff for the adults. Um, so I was listening to an episode of the Pop Meets War podcast last week, I think it was, and they were talking about they had Mark Paul Gessler, who played Zach Morris on Save by the Bell, on their show last week, and he was talking about how they recorded all these seasons, you know, like in bulk recordings, like they would record yeah. season one, they go away, come back record season two and like when they would do some of those um you know very uh, you want to call them dark episodes right like the one where jesse uh ods on caffeine pills right and like they're talking about drugs and how bad they are for you um you know fresh prince of bel-air there's a an episode where will smith's father the real life oh father gosh, comes to visit him one. like that scene oh, every time talk about heart-wrenching right um, full house there's an episode where dj she's going into like eighth grade or ninth grade and she thinks she's fat and says so she's dieting and so she's not eating but she tells her sister stephanie not to tell her parents that she's not eating mm -hmm. and it's like she passes or, out at the gym like there's or when they get the beer like there was an episode where she gets covered in beer and she's like i didn't drink this i was stopping someone else from doing yes. it yes yep and so, like there's some deep stuff but you i think i don't remember what the episode was jordan but we talked about like Maybe it was about WandaVision or like we were recapping WandaVision, but they're, you know, what um, has made 80s and 90s television so relevant. And you said it, Jordan, was it focuses on the family. It focuses on the different um, areas of relationships and family and love and trust and how we can be better as, you know, as a society and, you know, how we can actually rely on one another. Um, and you, Jordan talked all the time about being the chosen family versus your real family. Cause there's, yep. there's, there's certain, you know, situations, whether it's been us in ministry or you guys in ministry where we're away from our actual family, that's okay. However, you know, we have those family and those people in our lives that we can pick up the phone and call and talk to whether we're having a bad day or we need something or whatever. Um, and those shows have always focused on that. And I think that that even, you know, back, you know, circling back to the Ghostbusters conversation, like I think that, I think I would go as far as back as to say that it was really developing this family kind of writing and stuff was happening in the seventies. And then it really picked up steam in the eighties and the nineties. I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but I think it got a start in the seventies, but, um, but for ghostbusters, you know, in particular, um, everybody knows the ghostbusters theme song, right? Alicia was talking about that well, on the way home. We, um, so every, in my in the office that I work in, um, we have what we call fun committees, and so we a couple of times a year we'll do commit like birthday party parties, if you will, we'll do carry-ins and a lot of different activities that we do throughout the day, um, and we do one for the holiday as well. And so I was on the birthday committee last year, and we did like a quiz, um, and then whoever got the most points one like a gift card or something. And one of the things that we did was 
for the Halloween one was do certain quotes from movies and just have people complete them. And I mean, there's 12 people in my office, or there was 12 people at the time. Everybody got that answer when we said, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Everybody got that question. And it wasn't like a multiple choice. It was a, you fill it in. You just fill so it everybody in. Everybody knew it. Even if you haven't seen the movie or haven't seen it more than once, you know. Yeah. Well, well and it's it's got such a following, like from music, it's got a great soundtrack. It had a phenomenal cast. Can we just take a moment and talk about this lineup really quick? Beat me to yes. it, Jordan, but yes. Like, I just, I'm sitting here looking at this on IMDb, which is the International Movie Database. Um, if For those of mm-hmm. you guys who don't use this, it's a great, great tool. I'm going to do a shameless plug real quick. Um, IMDb.com, if you are ever wondering what parent guides look like, if you want to know how many curse words, um, if there is any type of inappropriate scenes for your children, if you want to know um, what some of the, the context is, um, if you want to find bloopers, if you want to find uh, who's in the cast, because maybe you're like me and you're like, hey, was that such and such in this movie? And then you go and check. Oh, yes, it was. Or no, if it wasn't. If you want to know what streaming service it happens to be on or where All that information is right there on IMDb. It is a wonderful tool great tool um and i think what what helps me is in youth ministry as as i lead with my team we'll go see movies but there's things that we don't catch and there's there's great tools right here that if we're trying to figure something out hey we're doing a movie night you know jordan is like hey you know I'm thinking about the breakfast club. That would be a great one. <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe let's, not. let's go back and check these things. It's, it's a great tool to use. Um, and like my, my father-in-law, um, I guess back when Katie was growing up, he had a big issue of knowing what the ratings were and getting them mixed up. So he'd be like, Oh, PG 13. That's gotta be worse than rated R. Right. And so <laughs> He would, he would do that. And there was there was one story. He's going to kill me if he ever hears this. Um, there was a moment where he took his mom, his sister, and or his dad. Like there was a mixture of, of them. And he, he helps get them out of the house and things like that. And, and this was years ago. And The Shape of Water had just come out. It's a horror film where there's like nudity and he didn't realize. And so he took his elderly parents. Oh, my God. So... I just I just want to give this out to everybody. It is a free tool. It is just a simple website, imdb.com. You can check out all the stuff there. It is so so good to be able to use that kind of uh tool before you before you go and see a movie. I remember my brother Lonnie saw or wanted to watch Roadhouse with uh Patrick yeah. Swayze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty pretty raunchy, I guess, from what I gather. If I've seen it, it's been a long time, and I probably saw it on TV like we were talking about earlier. But yep. he saw the actual version, the theatrical version with my parents, and apparently there's like sex scenes and stuff in there, and my brother was mortified, and so were my parents. So they don't speak of it. <laughs> Can't say I blame them. Yep. Alicia, so. Adventures in Babysitting, right? I mean, you talk about how... You watch that on TV, right? And then there's like a couple of F-bombs in there. and Yeah, back to back. And I had no idea. And when she bought it on DVD or Blu-ray later on. I called life. my mom and I was like, did you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's just a, a different world. Like you said, we're that generation that we're learning. <laughs> like, oh, TV was not correct. The we're not. movie is different. <laughs> there's a reason we're not soft. That's millennials. There's a reason why. There's a reason why at the very beginning that it says this film has been edited <laughs> from its original version. Yes. <laughs> So looking at the cast, let's start with with the the 
just right out of the box, the top on this cast list, Bill Murray. Oh my gosh, this guy dominated the 80s. I was oh, going to yeah. say, name a Bill Murray film that you don't like. You know, Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic. I, I, that, that one was a weird one. I, I Honestly, I can't. Like, when he, this guy got in there, and, and here's, here's what breaks my heart. In the time frame that he was huge, when he was really big in movies, back in the 80s, early 90s, late 70s, right in that, that era, where it was really a Bill Murray-led comedy crew, Mm-hmm. he was so famous that he ended up turning to drugs. And they said that when Caddyshack had come out, that he didn't actually have lines. They hired him as just himself, like for him to just show up. And he was higher than a kite most of those days is what I've, I've heard. And with like, there's this moment and I'm going to ruin Caddyshack for everybody. There's this moment where he has like, is it a Babe Ruth? Yes. He has like a, yeah, the Babe Ruth, and it looks like a turd in the pool, and he grabs it and takes a bite. And I guess that was completely improv <laughs> Like, I've heard that that was completely him. He was just like, hey, I want everybody to freak out, think it's a turd. I'm going to take a bite out of it. <laughs> he just chucked a, a, a Butterfinger or a, a Babe Ruth in there. And I'm like, the, the guy just, he riffed so well off people, and he did so well. And I mean... Even to bring him into the MCU years and years and years later when mm-hmm. he's an Ant-Man in the Wasp Quantumania. Like, he did well in that role, too. I wish he had a little bit more. I wish he was a little bit more funny. Yeah, he wasn't very, he wasn't super involved in that movie. But yeah, yeah. he was no, there. They, they you used forget him, about his him. name, but yeah. They used well, his name a lot more than they actually used him. I wanted to say this, Jordan, and I caught it last night when Alicia and I were watching it. But did you ever watch Zombieland? I, I think I told you about that. Did you watch it? I don't think so. So That's Woody Harrelson. So Woody Harrelson's in it, and um, gosh, why can't I think of his name? Jesse Eisenberg, the guy that plays Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. So he and Woody Harrelson are in this movie, and Emma Stone and Emma Stone. somebody else. I forget the uh, Breslin. Regardless, so um, yeah. Woody Harrelson is a big. He's a big redneck. Zombies have taken over the world. They're trying to get through the United States without getting eaten by zombies. It's a comedy. It's hysterical. It's not super gory, but it can be. It's just. It's more comedy than it is zombie gory. So anyway, um, they make it to California. They make it to Hollywood, and Woody Harrelson's character is a huge fan of Bill Murray, and so they end up at Bill Murray's mansion because they think that he's gotten eaten by zombies, and so he's actually not. Right. And so he he shows up um, and he meets the other parts of the cast and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's Bill Murray. He is alive. And then he's dressing up like a zombie to kind of blend in. And he goes in and Woody Harrelson and her. I'm sorry, Jesse Eisenberg's character actually shoots and kills Bill Murray in the movie. And so um, but before they before Jesse Eisenberg kills him, Woody Harrelson's like, it's Bill Murray. And he like he goes off on his tangent and he's like, I don't mean to gush her. I'm just a huge fan of yours. And he's like, well, what can we do? Uh, what can we do to welcome you to California? What can, what would you like to do if you wanted to spend the day with Bill Murray? So they end up watching Ghostbusters and they get high. <laughs> so they're, they get yeah. high and then they dress up like Ghostbusters in the mansion and Bill Murray's mansion. And they're like using vacuum cleaners. It's amazing. So anyway, when we're rewatching Ghostbusters last night, there's this moment where Bill Murray talks about Twinkies. Right. Oh yeah. Okay. In Zombieland, it has to be a nod to Ghostbusters and to Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. But Woody Harrelson has an affinity for Twinkies in the movie, and so like when Obsession. they're going through, yes, and so when they go through the United States and they're trying to find food and provisions to live because zombies have taken over, 
he finds all these empty hostess trucks and they're full of snowballs and full of other all he wants is a twinkie other pastries but there's no twinkies and so at the end of the movie they finally find a twinkie and the guy shoots a zombie and the ghost the bullet goes through the zombie and it hits the twinkie and the only twinkie they find in the country (laughs) he's like can't you just pick the buckshot out of the twinkie (laughs) and he's like this twinkie thing it ain't over yet so like it's he yeah i i i love the connection between that and Zombieland. and mm-hmm. Zombieland came out in like 2009 and so um just to just to you know come back to the point of like bill murray's been in everything caddyshack's mm-hmm. a classic there's so many yeah. good bill murray movies out there so yeah anyway now that i've gushed over Zombieland and bill murray <laughs> but bill murray he just he i mean like you said, you can't really name a movie that he was in that wasn't good. Caddyshack, Osmosis Jones, Groundhog Day. Like those alone, yeah. like those were the first three that came to mind outside of Ghostbusters. And for him to even come back for the Ghostbusters Afterlife, like that was a great film too. And so like pulling Bill Murray, that that right there is your first of many stars pulling for star power. Then you've got Dan Aykroyd. Dan oh my Aykroyd. gosh. Coneheads. Every time, every time I think of Dan Aykroyd, I always think of Coneheads, without fail. He just such an oh iconic my gosh. one. I just, I absolutely love Dan Aykroyd. Okay, so real quick, We Are the World. You guys know the song We Are the World. Mm-hmm. Did you know Dan Aykroyd is in there? No, I feel like I knew that. <laughs> yeah, he's like one of the only like non singers, like non like. <laughs> Like full on, like I was in a band, or like, like he just was there for star power. <laughs> like he just showed up, and like you can see him in We Are the World, and I absolutely love that. I think that is so cool. And then number three on this list is Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. like Aliens, yeah, Avatar, like that. Those are two big ones, just right off the bat, that like were massive hits. I'm like, oh my gosh, this and th- this lady's done a ton. I'm looking at her her list right now. She has, it looks like 101 credits to her name. That's crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's just done a ton. So, well, yeah. um, was Alicia? I think you said it last night when we were watching this, but um. Mick, Rick Moranis, uh, honey, oh, I honey I shrunk the kids. Gosh. Yeah, he's hysterical. Yeah. Um, but I always, I don't think Harold... of him with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I think of him with Little Giants. Yeah, that was where oh, I all. Little oh my gosh, Giants. Little Giants. When, Such a good movie. Like, Rick Moranis just so good. So, so part of Rick Moranis's story, which is really cool, is I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I want to get this exactly right here. I believe he walked out from acting. Because he needed to be a parent for his kids. I don't know if his wife had died. I don't know what happened. But, like, he needed to be dad. And so he completely dropped his career to to be home with his kids. And it's, like, it's not just that he's a good actor. It's the fact that, like, he is, like, actually there, present. He just, oh, my gosh. I want him to come back. I want him to be a part of stuff. So... And so yeah. Her- Harold R- Rainey's, I guess is how you say his last mm-hmm. name. I don't remember him. Like his face is, is so familiar, but I don't really remember a lot of other things that, that he was in. And I just look, he, it looks like he died in 2014, but he, didn't. Um, 
he was, he did a couple of other things. So he was also in Groundhog Day with Bill Murray um, and some other airheads. That's a really funny film too. But I don't really remember a whole lot of him. He was in Animal House. Mm-hmm. Looks like he was actually in quite a bit with Bill Murray because he was in Stripes as well. I wonder if if that was kind of like, it, okay, so eras, you're going to have to like divide that part. I wonder if it's like Adam Sandler and his gang and it was Bill Murray and his gang. Yeah. If that was, yeah. oh, was kind of yeah. like the guys that they ran with. Yeah. And like Ghostbusters was the equivalent of like Grown Ups. Like mm-hmm. where he got all of his guys together for a movie. Yeah. But yeah and even I mean, Annie Potts. Annie Potts was in, she was in a, like 16 Candles, I remember. Or no, Pretty in Pink. But she was in quite a bit. And she's, I think she's Meemaw and Young Sheldon. She is. Yes. Yes, she is. Um, But then you also have Ernie Hudson. Oh, my God. I love Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson's so amazing. He's fantastic and, and you, you look at these because wasn't he was in champions mm-hmm. yeah, you watch that? i've not seen that one yet oh, but i saw it was on the top of that list it. i know i need to watch it but like ernie hudson's been in a ton of stuff he was in the bad batch mm-hmm. um and that's just like some of the more recent stuff but it's always great to see these guys who come back and and to be honest ghostbusters ghostbusters does really really well with like the storytelling, the visual effects for its time. Mm-hmm. Because I'll be honest, I would I would put that visual effect of the 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 Ecto one and then all their 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 backpack with the guns. Mm-hmm. I'd throw that kind of stuff up against almost anything that we've got today. Yeah, and I would argue that it's somewhat better than what we have today. It's like you know, there's there's Star Wars and there's Ghostbusters and they're Back to the Future and and Indiana Jones and you have some of those some spots where it's some really cool visual effects mm-hmm. and then we have things like Iron Man and Avatar and then we get to the Avengers and we get like all these things but then I feel like we've started to come back downhill a little bit and part of that is probably because we've been burning the candle at both ends but I feel like this movie just took its time it did it told a really good story it was a weird story. But then, and, and I'm going to hit the last person on this cast that was not on the cast list, but I feel like needs to be shared. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> like, like, you made your villain the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That that part when Dan Aykroyd's character was like, I tried so hard not to think of it, but I couldn't help it. Yeah. Like, okay. So so let, let's kind of just talk through some of the the cool things that this movie offers. So what did you guys think about the car? The Ecto-1. Almost as iconic as um, the DeLorean, honestly. Like there are a couple of there are a couple of cars that you could do just a silhouette of and it's always recognizable and I think that's definitely on the list. Just because of the odd shape. I saw I saw someone take a little tykes uh, like one of those like Flintstone type of cars, you know what I'm talking about, where it's got yeah. the yellow and red. And I saw someone completely deck one out, and it said Ecto One on the side, and like it had like the full like bells and whistles and all that all around. I was like, oh, man, that's cool. That's really funny, Michael. What did you think of Ecto One? Um, I, I, you know, now that we're talking about it, and when I asked Alicia earlier what I thought made this movie so iconic 
as we're talking about it and having this conversation and having rewatched it, I think it's those things, those um, things within this film that make you remember it. So Mm -hmm. the theme song, without a doubt, you know that that's what it is, right? The villain, without a doubt, you know what that is, right? Mm -hmm. You see a ghost, you see the little red circle with the the arrow through it, you know it's Ghostbusters. The car, my my point in this is getting to the car. The Mm -hmm. car is very iconic. The shape, as Alicia said, the whole idea of, you know, it being very unique and, you know, for it being in the middle of the 80s, vehicles are not what they are today, 30 years later. But it's really cool. And it's one of those things where they all could fit in it. You know, it could get their equipment around that they needed to use. You know, like it's 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 so iconic and you can see it coming. And I think and I was trying to think, Jordan, and I need to look it up. Um, but I think there was a Ghostbusters video game. Uh, there, there have been multiple Ghostbusters okay. video games. So like, but I remember one, like maybe Nintendo or Super Nintendo, something like that way back when. Yes, there was. Um, but the car was included in it. And so like, you could tell what it was even by the video game, even, even as like far back as the eighties and nineties with like eight bit games and 16 bit games, the graphics weren't great like they are today. However, you knew what it was. So like all that to say, like, you know, Ghostbusters by, by their branding. And so like, I think, I think that's, you know, now that we've talked about it, one of the things that make this so simple, um, it's so successful is the little things that they've done to make the movie successful, like the song, the car, the symbol, the villain, you know, X, Y, Z. So yeah, I, I really liked it. I think like Alicia said, it's, it's memorable, like the DeLorean. So what do you think of it? I love the car. I love that they had to soup up a hearse because I'm like, it's that's a what hearse. I thought when I, when I was watching it last, I'm like, it looks like a glorified hearse. It's super, it's super fitting it though. Oh, absolutely. Like we're going to drive around to take care of the dead in something that takes care of the dead. Yep. I'm like, Oh, we're so taking cool. care of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, like that. And then their headquarters was an abandoned fire station. Mm-hmm. Like that was cool for them to have like a fire post and like have the, the pole that they have to slide down. Like one of my I favorite scenes that. in the movie is when they go to, to, to get the place. And I think it's Dan Aykroyd's character. He's like, Oh, we got to stay here tonight. Does we this gotta work? try it out. Does this work? Like <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. And the, and the landlord or the, 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 the realtor or whoever, was like this is but this place has been condemned this place is not safe blah 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 he's like we got to try it out <laughs> <laughs> she's like trying not to sell it yes and he wants it he's already moved in <laughs> i just i think that the the passion that came from this movie and the absolute love that the fans have shown it i think that's what's going to keep this movie going for a long long time and and for them to to try and re- reboot it um why did they want to reboot it? Because they knew it worked and they knew that that was something that people loved. And, and that's why we got the all female cast. I mean, that, that movie was not near as good. Um, it, it missed the essence of what Ghostbusters really pulled from what the eighties. Um, but then I feel like they got it right doing the second one with, uh, Oh, what's oh, the girl from Paul Rudd. Yeah. Well, Paul Rudd was in there. I forget what the girl's name was, um, but she was in gifted. Um, that's how I know her. She was a little girl from Gifted, but she'd grown up a bit. 
Um, but yeah, like it just, it was a great opportunity for them to really pull on and fix some things. That's why I keep saying do a Thor five to fix what Taika Waititi did in Thor four. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can't like make they, a Thor five without not letting Taika Waititi do it. So no, 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 no. The Listen, is no. I'm, I'm throwing my name in the ring. <laughs> I would like to direct you volunteer tribute. I volunteer as uh, tribute. I've got the perfect way to, to end it. But but here's the thing, Taika Waititi's like, oh, look at my resume. I did Thor one, two, three, and four. So blah 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 blah. He only I did got... three and four. I'm just being funny. I know. Like I, I'm I know. saying he did all these Thor movies, and now he's made it a Thor subject for me and others who oh, actually like Thor, Thor movies. And stop it. It's, <laughs> it's about as Thoring as Morbius. So please don't. Please stop. I'm just going with the puns. I'm just going to keep going. Oh my gosh. But yeah, Here. I. He, he... He, he's trying to keep it low key, but <laughs> she's like, can I just hang up now? <laughs> she's like, I've given my input. Bye. <laughs> but, but really I think Ghostbusters is a, is a phenomenal film. It had a great cast. The, the marketing on this film, even today. Um, so, so from a Lego perspective, um, they did the Lego fire station a few years ago. And they even promoted that years before when they opened up our Oklahoma City uh, Lego store. Um, they gave out this gift with purchase. And so I found one and it was completely used or uh, new in, in bag. Like someone had just held on to it and they sold it and they I got it. I was like, hey, cool. Um, and I already knew about it. Well, one of the stickers was the showcase of that Ecto-1 or not the Ecto-1, um, the, the fire station like so in my lego store made out of legos it actually has that like pictured so it looks really like it's it's a cool marketing it's it's cool things here and there um they they still have video games like you were talking about they've got toys they've got kids get so excited about that i mean i saw kids dressed up like that at halloween this past year mm-hmm. um and so i'm really excited to see nerd culture not taking a dive because of different things like it i feel like it's really getting a resurgence and they're able to tell better stories off things and i'm like i didn't think 20 years ago that we would see afterlife happen like they they hadn't really been reviving old stuff yet so i thought it was cool but yeah ghostbusters absolutely the the music was great the storytelling was great the cast mm-hmm. was the best um if you guys could make any types of changes what would you guys make this is going to sound, you know, like a cop-out answer, but I think for me, um, I was telling Alicia again on the way home that, you know, it, one of the things that, you know, when I asked her, I'm like, what do you think made this movie? And now that we've kind of unpacked that and we know what that is as we've talked about it, it's like one of the things that made this movie so special was the story, right? And some of the iconic scenes and the iconic moments and the iconic symbolism, whether it's the song or, you know, the ghosts or, but like one of the things that I would change, I don't think I could change. I wouldn't want to change is the, just the technology used because that movie was filmed in the eighties. And like, imagine if it was filmed today using the same story, the same writing, the same actors, everything just, you know, 30, 40 years later without changing a thing using our technology of today. Right. So like if we, if they had the ability to shoot with CGI or have the ability to use AI or other technology that advanced has advanced over the years to make films better shooting with 8k cameras, um, better lenses, all those things. 
one of the first things I noticed when we turned the movie on last night was like, oh my gosh, this, yes, this looks like an 80s film. However, it looks like it was shot with a camera that was in the 80s, right? So um, there are movies that you watch now that have be, been remastered and redigitalized and uh, look a little bit better, but they still look like they were shot in the 80s. There are a few, like, I think I can watch Back to the Future and I don't think that I feel like I'm I'm watching an 80s movie per se, except for the time that it's shot in. Like it looks, it still looks good, I guess is what I'm saying. So cosmetically, I think would be the only thing that I would, you know, try to change. Alicia, what would you, uh, you change about the film, if anything? I think the only, the only thing I can really think of to change would be, so just, and this is just a consistency thing. And this is, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it, but I kind of wish that the ghosts all looked similar because I feel like they were all mm-hmm. vastly different. I mean, like the green blob one is very iconic to the series, mm-hmm. um, but then you have the lady in the, um, the librarian in the basement of the library and she looks very realistic except that she's floating. So you can't, she doesn't have legs. So like the, 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 I guess, I guess wide array kind of bothered me. Cause I think like when I think of ghosts, I think like from the Harry Potter films, like you can still see their original form. You don't see some mutated version of them. Like you do like with the green blob. So I think that's probably the only thing it's that like I would the green change. blob is like Casper. Like it's got yeah, like Casper yeah. kind of feel. Yeah. Um, which Casper came out. I mean, the, the five ish. The the live action came out then, but I mean Casper's been around since probably the forties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had like cartoons and he was in like like funny pages and things like that or something. Ninety five, like I was right. <laughs> Sorry, I I knew that one off the top of my head because I was like I yeah. was born that year. Um, but yeah, with with that, like, yeah, I would agree with you. Having the wide variety, it is kind of difficult. It's I feel like that's Spider Man into the Spider Verse, um, and and the uh, across the Spider-Verse have that very different different style. And especially when you get to across the Spider-Verse, like when, when you look at that, um, there's multiple styles and I'm like, it's sometimes hard to follow, but um, had they had they done kind of, and I think that's kind of why the Ghostbusters female film flopped was because all of theirs, that, I mean, not the only reason, um, but one of the reasons I think is because they all were the same. Um, they might have mm-hmm. thrown in the the green goop guy at one point, but everyone else really was the same. Where you have your your statues that start moving around at the end of the film, and then you got Sigourney Weaver like possessed by one, and mm-hmm. like you've got all these different things. So, but I, I agree. I think the the difference in ghosts could have been better. Yeah, Micah, you had something. Yeah, I was just um yeah, I would agree with everything you just said. I was gonna gonna add something, but it wasn't super important. It was kind of like along the lines of um just being willing to tell that consistent story and um show consistency amongst characters like like Alicia was saying with the ghost, but like she was saying I was gonna say the green one too, like that that's so iconic, that or the big white, you know. But you know, the I don't know. There's only so much you can do with with a movie that's only you know almost forty years old. <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, like even even though I kind of said that if I'm I might change that if I could, I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, it's iconic for a reason, and 
it's stuff like that that you don't want to really touch the original. You don't want anything to really be different about it. Disney, take notes. Don't ruin <laughs> Star Wars. Oh, wait. Oh, don't ruin other things besides Star Wars because they ruin yeah. more than Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, don't don't ruin all that stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. There is that that sentimentality of it is the original. Don't mess yeah. with it. So yeah. I, I agree with that. Some good thoughts. Well, this episode is going to be shorter. Um, any other thoughts, comments, concerns, anything that you guys think we should be talking about? Well, I have a question. I just, do, yeah. at, just out of like, so Ghostbusters. It's been a very long time. So we rewatched the original last night. We also got the second one. So I'm planning on watching that one. I think that I, ha- for whatever reason, got like a free version of the all-female cast. And then after like, yes, because they, they if, were giving them out for free for a reason. <laughs> yikes! Uh, I didn't want to yeah. say that, but you know. So if you're <laughs> if you're thinking about like those out of those four films, I mean, obviously the original is worth watching. Do you think that the other three, the sequel to the original, the all female cast, and then Afterlife? Because you talked a little bit about Afterlife. So would you recommend that somebody watch all four? No. <laughs> I'll just I'll just I'll, I'll claim it right now. I think it's been a while since I've watched two, but if I, it's if it's how I remember it, two wasn't like this amazing sequel. Like it was mm-hmm. no Empire. It was kind of more like, a, hey, we're we're throwing in episode one or the sequel trilogy. Um, it's kind of situation like, hey, like I I could take it or leave it, um, or leave it. Um, <laughs> uh, the female cast I think was trash. Um, like they they tried to kind of recreate that story a little bit. They kind of did a few things that just didn't really make a lot of sense. Afterlife, one hundred percent, yes. You need to sit down and watch that. You need to make the time to if you're if you're going to get invested in Ghostbusters at all. Um, if you're going to become a fan of that, I highly encourage Afterlife. Um, I watched it. It dropped in twenty one. Mm-hmm. I think it was like in theaters when we got here to Oklahoma, and. I, I didn't watch it until maybe fall of last year. I think it had been out almost a year. Um, and I sat down and I watched it and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is a great film. It's It's got a lot of iconic moments from the first one that paid tribute, but it wasn't like Jurassic Park to Jurassic World. Or they Dominion. ever did it. Yeah, like it, it wasn't one of those, like it was oversaturated. There's just this really cool moment um, towards the end and I'll just ruin it. Um, spoilers. Um, there's this it's really cool moment. It's been out for almost two years. I think you're okay. there's this really cool moment where uh the whole gang minus um uh i forget what his name is ego um Mm -mm. or aragon splinters or whatever his i forget what his name is uh the the guy harold ramey's um Mm -hmm. spengler yeah egon spengler um he he's dead in the film because they like he actually had died in real life but they cgi created him as a ghost to help fight like in the, in the thing. And it was, it was this really beautiful touching moment. And you find out that early on that um, it's his granddaughter that starts the new ghostbusters basically. Um, and it, it's just, it's such a, a beautiful touching moment um, to see how it plays out. But like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson, they all come back. Um, and it's, it, it's really, really cool. So I highly encourage that one. Well, I think she kind of hit my point because I was going to ask about the second one because it's been a minute since I've seen that one. But I was going to say, um, I think we did an episode 
this is a while ago, Jordan, but like we were talking about how the nineties had such great, most movies had great sequels, but there were, were several also that didn't. So it flopped. Yeah. yeah. So I think you answered my question, you know, like to, to this being the new hope versus empire, this was no empire. It was just a, I don't, I, if I, I mean, we don't I talk don't about think Ghostbusters too when you talk about Ghostbusters. Like that's not something that most people are like, oh, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters. Like there wasn't like a full trilogy or anything like that. It's like you just gotta um, check out Ghostbusters. Right. Yeah, definitely check out Ghostbusters. And then I highly encourage Afterlife. If you want to be a purist, definitely go check out all of them. But I don't We've think you need to go see the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're on limited, limited time on this planet, so don't waste your time with the female cast version. Wow, it just wasn't good. Listen, no, I was just worth as the villain. no. You got really dark there for a second. We're only we only well, limited time on this earth. Fair. And I'm like, I mean, yes, we that's true. However, we need to enjoy our lives and enjoy what we're yes, here. And enjoy the don't things. waste it on that movie. Don't waste it on the female Ghostbusters. And, and honestly, while you're at it, don't watch the second Ghostbusters. But, but to be fair, like I, I'm not in. This is I. I feel like I can say this because I am a female. There have been some things that they've tried to redo with all female casts and they just really flop. Like they just, and it's not, I don't think it's anything against it being the female cast. I think it's the writing. The writing is what's going to really set it up for failure if it's not I'm, good. I'm going to, I'm going to be kind of bold with this. When you put an all female cast in, your writing 90% of the time is going to be a women's rights. I can do whatever a man can do. Mm-hmm. And you're not focusing on the story. Yeah. Almost all of those films flop because it's not going to be something that is story driven. It's it's a women's rights, which is fine. I understand women's rights, but you're going to lose things. That's one reason why I think that like Captain Marvel failed in some areas. But well, well I, I I see I see the face. I see it. No, no, no. But, I, I have something to say, but I was gonna wait until you're done upholding my arm because I don't want to forget what's okay. Okay. But but like with with Captain Marvel, I really didn't like that film because I felt like they were pushing really really hard on the well women can do just anything that a man can do and they can do it better. And I'm like stop trying to divide us. Stop trying mm-hmm. to do this this piece of well women can do this and men can do this. Well, how about a woman can do this and a man can do that? Like, don't, don't worry about that. Just tell a really good story. Stop focusing on separating us. Exactly. Exactly. Micah, you had something. No, I was, so we were, we were somewhere today and, and, and we were having a conversation and Alicia and I both work in higher education and, and my six plus years of experience in higher ed and Alicia's got, 15 years, something like that of higher, higher ed experience, um, working as a student worker to now, but she would be the first to tell you as a female that the majority of people in administrative work in higher education are female. Mm-hmm. Right. And at the university that we work at, the vice president of student life is a female. The provost is a female. The registrar is a female. The senior associate registrar is a female. The senior university registrar is a female. Um, the the bursar the director of financial aid they're females uh so i just named 10 people right there or you know around 10 people that were all female. director of admissions the director of admissions um the the chair of the art department where i work is a female the um you know there are so many folks that i know in, in administrative roles or teaching roles or higher up within the university structure they're females and yet there's this whole like oh we're not included i'm like what 
But I'm not going to get it. Open your eyes. Open like, your eyes, people. Well, and so Alicia and I are huge, huge, huge MCU fans and Marvel fans. And like, we love to watch Infinity War and Endgame. And every time it gets to the point where they're on Wakanda and uh, fighting in Infinity War and they have this moment where it's all females or it's the moment in Endgame when you see Wasp and you see Black Widow and you see Captain Marvel and they're like, oh, it's this whole woman empowerment movement. And Alicia rolls her eyes. She looks at me and rolls mm-hmm. her eyes. This is a woman looking at me. She's married to me, right? But she she looks at me with all seriousness and rolls her eyes because she's like, women have accomplished so much that they don't give themselves enough credit for. And yet oh, they make it an issue. So it, I, that, I would argue this to the one point on when they when they do this big power move, there is a all-female Avengers group. I think it's called A-Force or something like that. That was the nod there. Yes. That was not a, we're trying to do But the, there's been moments within the MCU, for example. Oh, absolutely. That absolutely. Not, that's not what it feels like. Yes. And so, but not to get down that huge rabbit hole, and, and I'm very respectful and, and love all the, the women that I've worked with and the people in my life, the majority of my uh, employees, uh, management in my life outside of ministry has all been females. The majority of my bosses have been females. So I, I, I very, I just don't want women to downplay themselves and not give them the credit they deserve because they've already accomplished so much. So, mm-hmm. um, so f- for folks that are listening, take that for as a compliment. It's not me trying to dismiss or, or degrade or anything. I, I love the, that women are, are so successful in this world and, you know, my wife's one of them. So, and I brag about her all the time. So I thought you were going to say, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where you were going to go with that. <laughs> so why don't you close this episode out, Jordan, before I dig a that's... hole deeper than I need to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'll give you the shovel. No, it's all good. <laughs> well, you dug your grave before the episode even started. That's I true. Did. I did. So with that, we're going to close out this film. We're going to put it in the grave. We're going to let it just sit in the afterlife for a little bit. Before we, oh, we hit the I next see what one. You did there. Yes. So with that, guys, thank you so much for for talking some Ghostbusters with me and talking about um, just all the impacts that it has had. Um, I've had a lot of fun with this episode. So thank you, Nerd Talk Nation, for hanging out with us. And we will catch you next time here on Nerd Talk.